Welcome to the Drivable Podcast. I'm Elliot Barian and over there is Brad Williams. And today we are talking about our top interviews and reflections from the last 60 episodes. This is a very special episode to round off the year and what has been a great journey on this podcast so far. So Brad, I'm really excited to get in this chat underway and talking about what we think. Yeah, I, I can't believe we've been doing this for two years. And this is to round off our second year, 60 episodes. And, and this is going to be our top three highlights. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Welcome to the Drive Able podcast, where each episode you get to listen to two of Australia's leading professionals in the area of driving and community mobility for people with disabilities. In each episode, they interview drivers, carers, and industry experts and share the insider's guide to driving with a disability. Here are your hosts, Brad and Ollie. G'day everybody, I'm really excited about today's uh, episode because today we're doing our top three highlights from the top 60 episodes, or our first 60 episodes and two years worth of the Drive Able podcast. But before we get started, a quick shout out to our sponsors that make the show uh, possible, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT. Um, 60 episodes down now. This show takes a lot of time and a lot of money to put together every week uh, for your listening pleasure. So we just want to do a shout out to our sponsors, Mobility Engineering and Williams OT. Thank you. All right, Ali, what we're doing is highlighting our best episodes from your and my point of view. Um, we've interviewed uh, experts in the industry, such as Amin, Tracy Lee, Amy. Uh, we've also interviewed celebrities and athletes such as Lisa Tesh, Tim Maloney, and Mitch Stone. But today we are going to do our top three technical takeaways, our top three technical interviews. And then we're also going to do our top three emotional, what hit our heart, uh, which ones that we really liked and hit our heart. So as we do in every episode, we do our top three. So we thought that we would do our top three uh, takeaways from the first 60 episodes. So Ali, mate, we're going to do our top three technical takeaways from the first 60 episodes. Mate, do you want to hit the ground running with your first one? I will. Um, before we do that, I'll quickly mention, um, whilst both Brad and I are experts in this field, I would say, um, I'm speaking for Brad as well, that we've both learned a lot in this oh. um, podcast, both both from a professional point of view, I've learned and actually adjusted the way we run our business from stuff. And I know Brad said something like that. And even emotionally, to be honest, I've grown as a person, um, just talking to all of these people so much, uh, so much emotionally grown. So it's been a great journey uh, so far. Yeah. And, and I really hope that our listeners are getting that as well, because that's what we do it for. Um, yeah. It's not just for us. Uh, we're, we're learning, but we're sharing people's stories and what they've done along the way. But there's been some real gold nuggets along this journey that uh, we're going to highlight some of those today. But um, yeah. look, uh, if you've got your own top three uh, from the first 60 episodes, make sure you share it with us. Make sure yeah. you write a comment down below with which episode took your fancy, which one spoke most to you, and, uh, and let us know because uh, we'll feed that back to the people that we interviewed uh and they can get a kick out of it as well yeah, but mate yeah, let's right. let's do your yep, top, let's hit that ground running yeah let's <laughs> so, do top three technicals what's your first one so um for me the technical side of things being a car guy i guess an engineer was really more the people that were really into their cars mm. um probably the first one um and the, the most the one that sticks out for me the most is actually jerome um, Jerome was a converter, is a converter, works as a conversion guy himself, but the stuff that, and the creative stuff he was doing with those cars, um, and the way he was, um, you know, modifying them. And, and I've since actually, uh, got a bit of a relationship with him since then, as I said, I've learned so much professionally and personally, um, and, and he's doing awesome stuff. You know, he's created, he went and bought this other car, um, and he just did this little kind of attachment using some bits and pieces from J car, um, and turned this um, uh, manual car into a hand-controlled electronic car. He, he just did it like a month ago. And 
And it's just so awesome um, that creativity and not letting that disability stop what you need to do in life. Like he was a car guy and is a car guy and passionate and, you know, his story about traveling around the world in the car and it's just awesome. Um, so yeah, I really, really love that the technical side of um, what he was doing and the ground he's pushing. I'm just going to press pause because of my stupid dog in the background. <laughs> Sorry, friends. That's uh, you'll have to come back and uh, edit this bit out. Hang on for a second. We've got people still. Oh, it's going to go on forever. Why? Well, what's uh, happening? I'm going to, I'm going to, um, because we're all the tree litter from the storms. Oh yeah. There's people walking around. No, they're cleaning up all the tree stuff. Yeah. Today, of course. And the thing is, is that you can't actually hear it that much anyway. You can't um, hear the dog in the background. It's not too loud. So, I mean, if you wanted to just say, look, um, we've got um, a dog. My yeah, dog's in the background. Um, Sorry. Ah, well, we'll just keep going. She might settle down. All right. Um, probably not. She'll probably get louder. But anyway, we'll try our best. All right. Um, it's very faint. You can't hear it that, that much at all. So, friends, I did a big pause. Um, I, I'll try to press mute every now and again if she goes a bit nuts, if Ali's speaking. Uh, but, friends, I'll take a pause for you to edit all that bit out. And um, we'll, we'll take it. I'll start talking about my highlights of Jerome. All yeah. right. Okay. Three, two, one. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ali. That um, that interview with Jerome and and look, a shout out to Jerome. He he works for PME uh, in Sydney, and that interview was was just great to to highlight how people are creative and inventive uh, around their disability. And, and like you said, don't let it stand in their way. And um, he's using his engineering mindset and getting the most out of his vehicle. Uh, you're right. That was a top top interview and also most out of life like uh, you know he's he doesn't let the restrictions of products um get in the way of wanting to live his life so you know he was talking about motorbikes that he's converted you know you don't hear of many people going around on motorbikes you know um sports cars you know all of these different things that are real passionate kind of vehicles and things like that which the disability community often says that's not for me or I can't have that. Well, yep. there's a guy making it happen, you know? And, and so that to me was just awesome. And, and I thought, you know, um, yeah, that, that was a really, really good one on a technical point of view. You can still be a car guy, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. You can still be a car guy. Yeah. yeah. Or a car girl. And, exactly. uh, and I'm sure that's going to be one of your other top three takeaways in a moment. Yeah. But we'll, but, we'll get over to yours. All right. Well, from a technical point of view, uh, as as people would know, I'm an OT and an occupational therapist is about helping people reach their functional goals. And look, one of the top interviews for me that has made a massive difference to me as an OT, and these are one of these little gold nuggets that has made a massive difference, is the interview with D. And uh, it, it would have to be in one of our first handful of interviews. And ever since that time, um, I've been utilizing something that she said in that interview. So Dee's interview was about getting her daughter in and out of the car uh, with a turnout seat. And she talked about the, the fight that she had with NDIS to get it funded. And the thing that got it over the line was the impact statement the impact statement of what it actually means to her and her daughter to get that past the NDIS uh, protocols and the, the assessment process that NDIS go through to make sure that it was value for money and that emotional impact statement, the impact that it's going to have on her life and her daughter's life was the thing that got it over the line. And for any OT listening now, include it as part of your AT applications, your assistive technology applications, because what it does is it highlights that the OT is linking into the emotional side of things and that this is helping the person reach their goals. And including that uh, impact statement since that time as a consistent thing, we've seen more approvals for one thing, but also there's been more understanding from the NDIS when we're doing these approvals. So number one thing for me from all of this is 
include an impact statement from the client. And we we say with our clients, it can be it can be a paragraph, but we've also you know, had impact statements that are five to seven pages long. It's about what it means to you as as the participant uh, to get this modification, to get this hand control, to get this turnout seat, to get whatever it is that you're after. What impact is it going to have on your life if you get it or don't get it? And include that in your application. And geez, it's made a difference to my life as an OT and to the participant's life as well. That's that's really good. And as you were saying that, what I was thinking was, um, I bet you OTs are similar to mechanical engineers because OTs are engineers, I always say, of the body. And I bet you they have really struggled with emotions. Um, oh, yeah, when I say I'm... struggle with emotions is struggle to put that into a technical form, if that makes sense, and and translate it. And I think that that um, because that's the same thing that very similar thing that I found in our side of things is to be able to put that technical start side into a story. And I think with them saying their side of the story, um, it really helps to, um, I guess, tie, close off the loop of the, the technical side of the OT, right? Um, and, and the final thing I wanted to mention around that is um, basically when you are um, looking at the philosophy of the NDIS, it's actually not a technical scheme. It's a community scheme. So, so if you make your um, submissions technical heavy, you're going to have a lot of difficulty. But if there's that kind of emotional impact that explains the technical side of things, it really ties it all together. Yeah, look, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that's exactly what it is. And look, it's not my words then. It's actually the participant's words. And and the NDIS is about the participant. Yeah. So it's adding in the participant's words, in their own words. If they've got spelling mistakes in it, it doesn't matter. If they've used poor grammar, it doesn't matter. If it means they're not using fantastic uh, language, it doesn't matter. It's about the participant and the participant's goals and the the impact that it's going to make on their life. That's my number one takeaway uh, from a technical point of view uh, from the interviews that we've done so far. Yeah, and, and one last thing I'll mention, which is is um, I think we're seeing a lot of this on the media, and I think this also really helps combat that with the NDIS, is the whole piece around um, you know, increasing corruption and scams and things like that. You know, people wanting to, you know, you've you, you've probably heard it. People over prescribing stuff and and getting extra bits of equipment. You know, and yeah. and this emotional impact statement ties that up because it's a, it's a statement from the end user saying, "Hey, look, I've tried this. I need this. Here's my emotions. It's not about just give me a product because I'm trying to make some money off it." You know, yeah. so I think that also helps with that piece, and it helps NDIS get a much clearer. Um, you know, uncorrupted picture of what's going on, if that makes sense. Yeah, look, if there's any OTs out there or anybody that wants to know a little bit more about how we do it at uh, Williams OT um, and how we include that, then write a comment down below, reach out and ask your question and I'll get back to you about how we how we do that. Mate, yeah. let's, go, let's go on to the number two technical takeaway because... Um, let, we've got lots to explore here. What's your number two so technical takeaway? The number two was, um, I think it was Leany or Leone. Yeah, Leony. <laughs> Leony. Yep. Um, and she was that um, full of energy girl that, or lady that um, was an ex-spray painter, panel beater with um, FND, I think it was. Um, and she had got the funding on her 20-something-year-old car with 400,000 Ks. Um, and again, from a technical point of view, um, the fact that she was able to kind of get that over the line yep. and the fact that she was the way she was able to go get it over the line from a both technical and creative point of view was really impressive. You know, she's she was able to assure that she's going to manage all the maintenance and and she put some declarations around that and she does it all herself. And I guess post that I've actually um, started, you know, following her and engaging with her on social media and um and it's just great what she does. You know, she rides around these horses all over the place. She uh, four wheel drives everywhere, um, and and yeah, does She's an the, archer uh, now archery. as well. Yeah, yeah, and and all of that, um, and 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 also she um, something I actually uh, engaged with her not that long ago was um, she was complaining about the roof lining in her car. Um, being stained or dropping or something like that. And we were talking backwards and forwards, and she was explaining to me what she's going to do, and she's literally 
from her wheelchair. I don't know how she's going to do it. She's going to pull the roof, roof lining all the way out, fix it, and then install the roof lining back in her car. And I'm like, okay, well, I struggle with that. <laughs> how are you going to do it? But she said she's going to do it. So, uh, there's, so yeah. there's an awesome photo from a couple of weeks ago on her Instagram account. And uh, it's her sitting in her engine bay. So yeah. she's she's got herself out of her wheelchair, up into the engine bay, and is is sitting and leaning over in her engine bay. And uh, I'm just gonna shout out like she she doesn't let her disability stand in her way. Uh, look, she she suffers with pain and and tremors and things like that as well. But uh, she's out there uh, exploring life and exploring the country. Um, she's a country girl at heart and, and she loves to go camping and she loves to do all these outdoor activities, but boy, oh boy, does she love her disco. That's what she calls her, um, discovery, her, her old, uh, a four wheel drive. And yeah, she took that impact statement to a new level and yeah, yeah, really yeah. wrote about what her calm means to her. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, she wrote about how she, um, how she's going to maintain the car that she is she is a mechanic and a spray painter and she knows how to look after cars and she's going to make the car last the eight years that's required for the to, for the value for money type of scenario through the ndis um you know the ndis said we won't pay for any modifications to your car for the next eight years uh and she had to prove that that's going to be okay for her and that yeah. she's going to um maintain her car and and she's going to take that risk and um and it got it over the line and yeah, and that that is a big risk as well. Car. You know, that is a big risk because you know things could happen in the next eight years, and she's taking that gamble that whatever happens, I'm gonna have to. It's on me, you know. So that's um that's a big thing, and um yeah, big shout out to her. And, and I think her Instagram handle is the Tenacious Wheelchair Warrior. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I highly recommend you go and follow her because um it just puts a smile on your day and it lightens up your day. She's got a beautiful energy, beautiful smile, always on a thing and always doing really cool stuff. And she dresses up. And um, so, yeah, I think she's great. Um, and yeah, I think Comic-Con uh, outfits are something to be seen. Like she, she really goes for it. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. You, you just feel good when you, whenever you look at it. So, um, so yeah, I highly recommend um, Leany as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do you want me to do my t second one? Yes. Let's see what you've got to All say. All right. So, this is one for the future. I want to talk about the fuel service app and what an impact it will have for people in the future if we can get this rolled out around Australia. The fuel service app, we interviewed Victor and his son, and we spoke about how they're trying to bring it in with a system that's working in the UK and America. And the fuel service app is like the good old fashioned fuel pump service. Uh, where you used to go back in the 70s or beforehand, you used to rock up to your service station and they used to help with the service. They came out and they put petrol in your car and they maybe cleaned your windscreen and, and the driver didn't have to get out. But then with more drivers on the road, the, the people that are selling the petrol stayed in the petrol station and you serviced your own car. So it's taking it back to the old service station mindset uh, where they used to come out and, and put petrol in your car. This app is, I think, going to change the world for people with disabilities and putting petrol in their car. Um, even if it is, um, you know, hopefully it's not too late for petrol um, and it doesn't come out after we've all got electric cars, but it makes a difference between now and then. Because uh, if you're listening to this episode um, and you've got a disability, please go and download the fuel service app uh, just look for it on your, you know, your app channel, whether it's um, Apple or or Android. Uh, go and go and get it and download it, just so people can see how many people are interested in this app and start looking at the petrol stations that are hopefully starting to pop up around Australia. We know that they're being rolled out in Geelong. Also, it's starting to roll out into Victoria. We also know that they were testing it out on the Gold Coast and up in up and around Brisbane area. So, yeah, I, I've got my fingers crossed. I am I'm hoping that petrol stations will pick this up, and I'm I'm doing what I can um, as a professional to help try and 
launch this. Um, we're trying to get into the OTR group, which are uh, here in South Australia, if they're listening to this. I hope that'd be a great coup if they are listening to this. Um, yeah, get on board and and get this into the get this into the petrol stations where people can order um, or find out when's a good time to bring their car in. So the person will actually come out, put petrol in your car. You can wave your credit card from your car seat and pay for your petrol. Yeah, that that was um, a really awesome app, and I think um, once there is a little bit of a, that's why it's really good to get on there and sign up because once that momentum starts to build up. Yeah. It'll just, it'll just um, go, it, you know, once the competitive nature of the petrol stations come in and they're like, oh, well, he's got it, I've got it. Uh, and that just takes a little few numbers. Um, then it, I think it'll just be all over the place. But in saying that, and just to go back to the petrol vehicle thing, I actually think this app will cross over to the electric vehicle thing because someone still has to come and plug your charger in. So, yeah. um, so you know, that's still something that will, I mean, you maybe have more time, but still it's something that will cross over, I think. So I think it's a great product. And from a, yeah. from a OT functional lifestyle point of view, the, the people with disabilities that have to go and put petrol in their car at 11 o'clock at night, you know, when there's no one else at the petrol station and just plan their life around having to, to, to miss the, the heavy times and, and miss this time and that time and go out when it's, inconvenient for them from a functional point of view as a as a goal um for being able to be inclusive in in life yeah that one stands out to and, me. and the and the less transfers we do the better because they're, they are they are um you know, yeah. you know so so heavy on the body so yeah. you know if we have to just do a transfer for a five minute um fuel thing uh it might be better not to have to do that um the, the, it's it's maybe not worth the returns it gives you right oh, so. we spoke to christine and and having to get your wheelchair out of the driving position and back down the ramp and the car parks behind you as and you can't lower your ramp what do you what do you do yeah that's right yeah so it's just a just a pain so um yeah. so yeah having that- to organize someone else to put petrol in your car all the time um it's it's not that independent and uh this that this app spoke to me a lot that's why we got uh victor on because uh, victor's very passionate about it for his son and geez uh uh, I, I can see a big future for it if we can all get on board. So promote the hell out of it, everyone. Now, the the next thing I um next moving on to the next interview, one which really actually um highlighted for me, not just for the disability, but actually for everyone, is the is that driving simulator program. Um, I don't remember the people that we interviewed, um, but um, it's yep. basically the uh, driving simulator episode where. The product has got two different steering wheels and it's a real life driving simulator where, um, you know, it, it has driving scenarios like real traffic um, to help you, I guess, get used to the idea of being in traffic. Now, um, especially like we've said in the disability um, cohort, what you've got is you've got people with the mindset that, um they've never even thought that it was possible to drive, right? So so when they're sitting in cars, they're not even switched on, you know, often to the environment going outside around them and so on. And there's a lot of things happening. And often, again, um, when what we've discovered within this podcast and even throughout my own um, personal career is what you'll find is a lot of the people with the disability um, side of things, like with, with limbs and so on, have heightened... Um, their other senses are heightened to make up for it, right? So, so then what happens is, in general, they might find getting out into a car um, quite overwhelming. However, in today's day and age, when um, our young kids are used to also only tuning into one device and one thing, when they get into the car, they also get hugely overwhelmed by everything that's going on. And so, so... As a, as a person who's an engineer and one of my personal values is um, safety on the roads and also value of my company, but it's a very, very big value to me. When I saw that, um, I just was thinking, you know, this product, everyone needs to try this product, not like especially disability because one of the real big things um, within this disability um, cohort, and you can chime in as a driving instructor yeah. um, is, is um, and a, like someone that teaches driving lessons is, just getting used to that environment environment 
um, and just getting used to it. And that can take le- many, many lessons. So you can save yourself a lot of money and a lot of wasted time just doing that at home. Yeah. Uh, my drive school, my drive school and Lisa Scaife. And it's episode 42. If you want to go back and listen to that one. Um, look, it's, you're right. Um, I mean, teenagers now are on their phones um, while mum and dad drive yeah. and not looking at the road environment and and not getting it through osmosis and, and just, just being a part of it. They're disengaged with the driving process more often. But for someone who teaches people with autism to drive their, their life is more like that anyway. So they're, they're, they're not emotionally attached to that's going to make a difference to my life over there. Um, they're more, more insulate in more in their own world uh, more often than not. And they've never, they've never future thought. Now it's not the same for everybody. I'm not trying to pigeonhole people. Don't, don't think that I am, but from my experience, um, a lot of drivers with autism haven't ever emotionally engaged with the driver next to them and looked at what they're doing and looked at how they're steering the steering wheel and how they're using the pedals and how they're, what gap selections they're taking. Um, they, they quite often don't even move their focus away from the road in front, like as in just staring at the front window, uh, never looking to see if it's an appropriate gap to go, which um, a lot of teenagers sitting in the front, they look, their, their mum or their dad looks and they kind of look past them as well, where people with uh, autism don't tend to, in my experience, uh, engage in that prior to actually getting behind the wheel. So the simulator, the My Drive School simulator is a laptop-based program that is really easy to, to plug into your computer and just go. And, and it's been a wonderful thing for for our service, our, our Williams OT service, uh, for the for the people that are really struggling in those early stages to actually get a feel for the car. Um, and it's made a massive difference, absolutely yeah. massive difference. And I've got a 17-year-old who jumped on and and did his first little bit of driving on the, our simulator as well. So uh, he's he was learning to drive and, and he took advantage of it right at the start too. And, it, geez, it made a difference to him too. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon it would... Um... So generally speaking, those early days on the road are pretty high risk days, you know, um, as you're learning those bits and pieces. And I would say using the, the simulator that's designed this way will significantly reduce the risk and also significantly reduce the number of hours needed for you to just get that muscle memory of like, oh, this is a traffic situation and so on, you know, just, just that used to that environment, you know, yeah. I think it'll really excel. I don't think I want to put it out there that I actually don't think it replaces the job of the, of the real life scenario. Oh no, but I no think definitely will, not. Definitely it, not. It, it, it will definitely help just get used to it a little bit quicker. That, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Look, I, I'll just add to that really quickly as a driving instructor as well. And uh, if people are watching this on YouTube, you'll see my hands, but um, on on PlayStation or uh, whatever it is, you just turn the steering wheel a quarter of a turn if you're ever on one of those type of simulators, and that takes you around a hairpin. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not realistic. With this simulator, you actually need to learn hand over hand steering or push pull steering, and and that makes a massive difference. But also. Um, you know, if you're learning about it in the right way, you learn to use your right foot only. Where on a simulator type program, you're either pressing X or circle or or triangle or whatever it is, and that's not it's not the same. Um, and also, you're learning to use just your right foot between the pedals, so it can make a massive, massive difference to those early stages for sure. Yeah. And getting giving you a feel of the car sounds good. So, how about your last one? All right, my last technical takeaway, number three, is Jack. Jack was a really early episode, way back when we didn't really know what we were doing, Ali. Um, We've learned a lot along the way. But um, it's a great interview from an emotional point of view, and I could have had it in in my emotional top three, but it's actually the learner process that he went through and how to engage with the NDIS when you're a learner 
because the NDIS is much easier if you if you you know let's say you suffer a stroke and you used to drive and you want to change your life and get modifications in your car and and it's really easy for the NDIS to go yeah this is what they used to do to be able to do it now this is what they this is what they need and it's a really clear cut process but for a learner when they're trying to do lessons and they're trying to do modifications and they haven't got a car to put it in because they can't afford a car that interview spoke so much about all of those little things to help people and look it's one of our highest rating episodes uh still um from from all the tech savvy teenagers uh who are out there listening to podcasts and things like that uh it's one of our highest rating episodes because of all the little gold nuggets that are in that episode to help people navigate the ndis process for lessons and modifications and so forth and and a real shout out to jack he's finished high school and uh he's going up in the world he's he's gonna he's gonna be a a very influential man one one part um which i'll also invite people to um listen to the episode as well that was one of the first ones where i personally really started understanding and again from a technical side of things how important it is to have the right team around you when you are um, applying for NDIS it's not it, like I said to tie back to our last um, uh, one we were talking about NDIS is a community scheme right so people in our interviews that are consistently kicking goals getting their funding over the line um, are the ones that are working with their community. They've got their mums and dads, their helpers. Those people are there. They're doing the impact statements. They're talking to all of them about that. You know, they're, those guys are helping them with their forms because that's how a community works. So once, you, once, once you're more integrated in the community, that's how it works. You know, you go and ask people, oh, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And, and that was a really, really good um, lesson in that one, how he's got his mom, his dad, his family, everyone was all rallying around it. And that's why he was really able to get everything over the line with such ease as well. So I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, go and listen to it. If you're, if you're as an OT uh, who wants to help someone on their L's, get through the process or if you're someone who has a disability and you're thinking about getting your license it's it really is a great episode there's too much in there to unpack um and yeah uh it's gonna it's it might change your life that one if you're in the early learning stages all right and do you have your um last top three or have we done that (laughs) your last third one um the last third one that was it. No, that was that was it. We've done it. Here. Oh yep. man, I'm getting, I'm getting, so, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting uh, distracted by all the uh, stuff that we've done. But that's yeah. because I'm getting emotional, <laughs> and we want to talk about our top three emotional ones, the ones that spoke to our heartstrings, the ones that made us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So those were our top three takeaways from a technical point of view. These are the ones that made us feel good. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, what was your top? number one episode that made you feel good? Um, probably the first one that really hit me in the heart um, was the one with Nick Tiago. Um, that one, um, for me, I love stories around persistence and, you know, community and engagement. And and, and he his story was awesome. And, and also kind of still engaging in passions, you know, like um, – I, I, again, have engaged with him on social media and I think everything he does is really cool. Um, so first of all, um, the persistence in getting this space drive over the line and the, the years that he took him to do and then having a crash and overcoming from that crash and then, you know, and even being at a crash scene and having police say, how the hell did this guy get his license? All yeah. this kind of stuff, you know, like, and he overcame all of that and got back on the road and and the that he also the way that he found his place within the community and the way that he loves and he's proud of it. So for example, his friends go out to nightclubs, but he doesn't go to the nightclub, but he picks them up and brings them home for kick-ons at his house afterwards at two in the morning, you know, now a person who can't go to the nightclub might be sitting there going, wow, wow, wow. I can't be with my friends. This sucks. My life sucks. But he didn't look at that. He thought I can be the guy that picks my drunken friends up and bring them back home. And we can all still party on back home at my house. And he's still engaged in that. And that was so awesome that he's doing that. And to be honest, uh, when I thought about that, I was thinking as a young drunken person, I'd love to have a friend like that and walk up at two in the morning, take <laughs> me back one to friend. Kick-ons. You know, that he'd nah. be the best friend around, you know, like, yeah. 
Um, so, so that's awesome. And, and he, um, he's integrated so well with his community and also that driving was able to really help him, um, go down his passion of these old retro, um, you know, uh, gaming computer systems. games, yeah. gaming systems. And that is so cool. All the stuff he's collecting and he's able to drive around and go pick the stuff up and look at it and have people help him and put it in there. And so, so that, that whole kind of, um, persistence and and being creative on how you integrate with your community and mm. not worrying about the rules of how to integrate but just getting those you know those miles of integration in yeah that, that, that was beautiful and i was just really captivated by all of that i hope he listens to this uh because i know that he's having a bit of a rough time at the moment so i hope that he listens to it and yeah it is an emotional interview i could have put that in my top three as well um i also know that he's trying to look at a four-wheel drive so he can drive around the country and like that's that's going to be the next step for him so mate uh yeah uh, that was such a big interview and it went over three into uh three episodes so yeah. it was such because he spoke about so much uh about he about his disability and look that episode changed the way that we did ep- uh, our our interviews yeah and uh we we were very technical focused you and I to start off with we're all about the technical stuff but we learned at that early stage that there's more to it it's more the emotional side of things and I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that interview up it, yeah. it could have easily been in my top three 100 in fact it it probably was but you stole my thunder um but yeah uh yeah. great great interview great interview and he's also good at, um, really good at articulating what it feels like to be a disabled person. Um, so that's also, I felt like I really got, I've always felt a little bit like I don't understand, but after he, his articulation, I felt like I've got a bit more understanding and it was very confronting, the understanding, by the way, very, very confronting, but, but, um, but it was, that's the life, you know? So, so yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, he speaks well, so go check it out. Yeah. We, um, we now, uh, talk to people about their disabilities with driving as a as a sub focus based yeah. on that interview and uh that made a massive difference to us so go and listen to it um right mine um what about yours brad let's I, go for I, it. I i i'm still got my ot mindset on because the ones that spoke to my uh emotional heartstrings was what they're able to achieve when they've got their license back and Jamin is one of the first ones that uh, spoke to spoke to me. Uh, we had to uh, organize this interview because he's over in WA, and but and he he was the first person that we spoke to on here that drives with high level controls, so real high end controls where the steering wheel spins in front of him and he's not touching the pedals. It's all based on on controls that are separate from the from the pedals and the and the steering wheel and he drives his wheelchair into the driving position he's a videographer and uses drones to do videography and he's able to drive his car to remote locations and and do his passion side of it but also run his business um separate to that as well and that one there just spoke to me about what someone can achieve with all the right things in place thanks to this NDIS scheme Yeah, because the amount of money that's involved in it, I don't know if anyone would really be able to afford it out of their own pocket and um, significant amount of bits and pieces went into his car, but what he's able to now do with that car and live a, a really, you know, enjoyable life for him. That that talks to me in here, um, and why why I'm why I do this job and why I do the podcast. So for me, um, yeah, go and check that one out. I I talk about Jamie and all the time at my yep. private um, functions. Um, he is someone who puts me to shame um, in terms of life, and I like to pass that shame on. When I say puts me to shame, as in he was what 28 29 i think he yeah. was he was he was his sub 30 he was he was late 20s and um like i tell my friends i say i i interviewed this guy who's 28 who basically can only use his fingertips yep um and he owns a holiday apartment business with 19 holiday apartments yep he owns a online he owns a drone a photography and videography business 
And he also owns a fishing charter, offshore fish, fishing charter business with a fishing boat. So, mate, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, exactly right. Go and check it out. Episode 33. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll do yourself a favor and go and listen to episode 33. Go and listen to all of the episodes. But these ones here we're highlighting because they, they could change the way that you think about stuff. So Monster yeah. achievements. Yeah. Monster, monster life achievements that, that most able-bodied people would never even come close to achieving. And this guy's done it with his fingertips. Like, yep. just yeah, blows my mind away, you know. Yeah. All right. Who's your next one? Who's your next emotional? So the next one, again, around living life with intent and with purpose and also sticking it a little bit to the, the system yep. um, was Peter Simmons. So Peter Simmons was an older guy. He was around from the pre-NDIS days. Yep. What stuck it to me with him was he said, I ignored a lot of the OT advice about self-transfers and, you know, moving my, my wheelchairs across and so on. He said, because... For me, what I realized was if I was with all this equipment all around me, I would always think that I'm disabled and would hold me back. So he needed to change his mindset to feel like he wasn't disabled. And he's from an era where probably disabilities was much more taboo than now, even more so because he's from, you know, he's been dealing with it for 40, 50 plus years. Um, So, but he said that now, like now he had to go through NDIS and get all these high-end controls and so on. And he's, he's lost a lot of function because he's destroyed the shoulder over those 30, 40 yeah. years of overuse, but he had zero regrets about it. And he said, I did it all with intent and the life that I've lived and everything I've achieved and the mindset that I've got to this day um, is not that I'm a, you know, a cripple or whatever he was calling it. He's like, I feel like an able-bodied person that just has these wheels under me sort of thing, you know? So yeah. So, and I think um, in talking to people and, and hearing, you know, like we've said, even clear, distinct difference with people from the country and people from the city, people from the country just had to make it happen, you know, no matter what, they just, whatever the resources didn't matter, the professional advice. So, so this was, I thought, um, a really good example of, we just made it happen the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're happy with the consequences and we're dealing with that and that's fine. And, and yeah. we've had a great life anyway. Yeah, look, people choose to go out and party heavily through their 20s and ruin their body that way. Or they choose to play football and ruin their knees or ruin their shoulders or whatever playing football. For him, he he knew that because the OTs pointed it out to him or his, uh, or his physios or, or whoever it was, was pointing out that if you keep doing this kind of stuff, your shoulders are going to deteriorate over time. But just like anybody else, who like the 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 studies are out there that if you if you play NRL and you get knocked out, it's potentially going to do your brain damage and you're yeah. going to get all these multiple concussions. The evidence is out there, and yet people still choose to do that every day. People choose to play football knowing that they could do an ACL and have to go through multiple surgeries and their knees might be stuffed by the end of their life. People choose to do that to live their life. Yeah. People with disabilities can choose to live their life the way that they want to. And you're absolutely right. Um, they, you, As an OT, we can put across what is the best picture for looking after someone's health. Yeah, A GP can do that, say, stop smoking. A GP can say, lose weight. It's going to be better for your health. We have the choice to keep smoking. We've got the choice to keep eating junk food. We've got the choice as a, with somebody with a disability to get the most out of our life the way that we want to live it and live with the consequences. And you're right. It was an eye-opening interview from me as an OT as well about even though we're, you know, do study and, and think about functional impact for life, we're not always right in regards to what someone can do in their life. Uh, it's personal choice. And and that goes a little bit more to what I was basically talking about that impact statement, you know, um, mm-hmm. it life is more than just t- transfers and mechanical engineering and hand controls, you know, like it's, it's more than that, you know, like there, there is a person that's operating that and they've got emotions and they've got goals and pictures of how they want to live their life. So it's a, so our jobs, and this is one thing which I've learned as, as an engineer. And that's why I mentioned that with the D thing, because I've noticed that in my um, professional work also with dealing with OTs, there is definitely that kind of clash between the technical and emotional side. Mm. And I, I'm always working to try and 
break that breach down because it's it's not always black and white, you know, like it's a little bit of gray and there's a people in there that, that's kind of, you know, making the thing a little bit gray. So, um, so we've got to understand that as well. I might get right over the knuckles here. And I think I might've mentioned it actually in our top three takeaways from this specific interview that uh, a lot of OTs are risk, risk averse. They're uh, very yeah. risk averse. They they want to make sure that all risk is taken out of stuff. But uh, look, we've got to listen to the participant. We've got to listen to the client. We've got to listen to the people and what they want to achieve in their life. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. so yeah, that was a great one. So um, what about over to you? For your My number two thing? emotional one, John. John uh, has got multiple amputations. And uh, the one that, why I chose this one, and again, it's about what you can achieve he just wants to do Macca's runs. He just wants to get out in his car and go for a drive in his Mercedes because that's his passion car, convertible, roof down. He can't get the wheelchair in and out of it. Somebody else has to take the wheelchair away, but he doesn't care. He gets in his car, goes for the drive, ends up back where his wheelchair is, and that's what's great for him. And that's another level of thinking that... The whole thing doesn't have to come together. He doesn't have to get the wheelchair in the car and and be able to get out at point B. For him, it's about driving to the beach, looking at the beach. It's about going through a Macca's drive-through and just being doing those type of things that other people do in their car. He doesn't have to get out at the other end. And how much that meant to him, that was it, it just opened my eyes that you know, it's not all about the wheelchair as well. It's not all about those type of things. It's just about what some driving controls can do and what a massive difference to life that can make. Yeah. He's um, his story actually hit me pretty hard. I, I remember that one because um, first of all, he got hit with his um, disability quite late in life mm. um, and he, he was older and um, I think it was fifties or sixties or something. And, and also, He'd only had it for a few years and his attitude was amazing. You know, yeah. like I, I, um, I, I was just looking at that going, I would never be able to pull that off. <laughs> you know, like his attitude was so good. Like I was just thinking in my age now, if I hit that something like that, I don't think I'd be in, in, in a great positive situation like he was. Uh, I thought also um, in addition to what you were talking about, he also mentioned that um, it wasn't just the Macca's one. It was also the car. And, yeah. and and the convertible and just being out yeah. there and getting his getting putting the roof down and driving with the roof down you know and, and in that dream little i think it was a mercedes or one of those one yep. of those little convertibles yep um and yeah that was all it was about you know so that that was just so good yeah absolutely um yeah so have you got a, a number three emotional one i do have another one um i had a couple but this one um yeah. i wanted I've, to I've mention... found it really hard to narrow it down to three i don't yeah. know, i don't know how we do it but go on what's your number so three? these ones i i i think these ones are the ones which i talk about most in my private life mm. um like i said this podcast has impacted me immensely personally and i've grown a lot and become a much better person from it and this one, I was even talking about this with some people uh, on the weekend when I was at um, a barbecue. And, and this one is Natalie Wade. So um, she's a, a lawyer um, who also, especially if you're in the disability community or if you're an OT who've got, who's, you've got a client who think is really being hard done by, um, she's out there to represent that disability community and work with that community. And, and that's the thing I really wanted to highlight was um, – in, in my in my life of um, working in this career, uh, in this cohort or in this industry, this quote-unquote disability industry, what I found was, and this is one thing that was mentioned with Natalie, is that the disability cohort of people seem to be trying to find somewhere else they fit in. Like I, I can be able-bodied if, if I've got this bit of equipment or if I've got this, I can be in this community. I've got this, I can be in that community. And, and she was kind of saying, well, there's a community on its own just there, the disability community. We need to be proud of what we've got and what, we, what we're able to do. And we need to support each other around that. And so whilst she did assessments and um, realized she wasn't going to be driving wasn't for her, she wasn't choosing to drive. Um, but, and she went through that whole process, but she realized she's part of this community and she's got these skills and she needs to be proud and double down in that community and label it as a community and be part of it. So I thought that was really, really eye-opening from a, again, creative point of view of, 
of, um, you know, really integrating with your community and creatively coming up with solutions. I thought that was really, really awesome. And, um, and just a shout out to her for what she's doing in the work for that community. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't drive and it's one of these interviews where she's chosen not to drive, but we had to get her on there uh, on the, on the podcast to help people understand that you do have choices as well in regards to not driving. Um, I, you know, I first met her when she did have a goal to drive, but she's chosen to put that aside now um, to concentrating uh, on her, you know, she catches buses and trains into, into work instead into the Adelaide city to do her work. But she is extremely passionate. Uh, yeah, her her business is 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 going ahead in leaps and bounds because of her passion, and um, she's a real advocate um, for people with disabilities. So get out there and and follow her as well. Um, make sure you do because yeah, she's she's gonna make a uh, well. I can uh, I you know my bold prediction: we'll see her in Parliament one day in the future. She definitely, 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 um, has that potential and definitely, um, would be very, very good in that space. I wouldn't be surprised if she is way up in politics as well. Yeah, Yeah, she's, uh, she knows what she's doing and so forth as well. Um, right, my, my, my last one, I I don't know if I can narrow this down, but, um, there's so many. There's Matt Caraduana, Carol, Matt, yeah, I was thinking of him as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, where he's, uh, you know, he was trying to end his life and now he's made a made a difference on the other side uh and speaking about his his disabilities and and um getting through our very first interview with qua uh in regard to in regards to driving with prosthetics and that you don't actually need modification i I don't know but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about alex um and and again from my point of view what you can use the vehicle modifications and car and so forth to help with your life thereafter. Alex um, is an Uber driver now with his hand controls and uh, the wheelchair loader that comes out of the boot and brings the wheelchair around to his, his uh, car door. Um, I've got other wheelchair users that um, uh, here in South Australia that, that seek him out to be the Uber driver uh, just because of his understanding and so forth. They have to load their wheelchair into the back seat. He can't help them. They have to do it themselves. Uh, but there's one guy that can take a few steps and, and he would prefer to use Alex as his Uber driver. Um, he's, he's taken the disability and the modifications and, and the, and the controls that he's using in his car to the next level from a driving point of view and making money out of it and uh as an uber driver and it just shows what the right controls can do and uh yeah apparently it's a great conversation driver as an uber driver and uh, yeah he's very popular and and also the the product that he has in his car um it's called a a robot and it's basically r11 robot it's an arm that basically comes out like a robotic arm all the way to the driver's seat and loads the wheel, hands it to you. Now, yeah. as as an engineer, a mechanical engineer, it is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And as a as a drunken nightclub patron, it's also one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, and and he confirmed because I was like, you know what? I reckon you'll have all these people in the middle of the night when you're going going to places, um, going, hey, show me this. What the hell is this? Show me this yep. product. And I reckon they'd love it. Yep. And he confirmed that, yes, that's what happens. He'll pick up a couple of party goers and they'll make him keep putting this thing in and out and in and out. <laughs> and he doesn't mind. He's charging the money to that's watch it. him you know, go in and out. <laughs> but, yeah, so that I thought that was really, really cool that he's actually – super proud and using this thing as almost like a selling tool. Like, like you said, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a very highly sought after Uber driver in Adelaide just because of those products. And just cause it's like, it's a cool thing. It's yeah. A- yeah, absolutely. I, and, and it's, it's real unfortunate that we're, we're picking and choosing some people because there's some real other emotional stuff that came out. Eli Moon, who has, uh, was driving like an idiot, had a car accident and, and has lived as and owned that mistake and is, is talking about that. Um, there's so many interviews that we could have highlighted. Um, and, and I apologize for the people that we might've missed. I mean, even, uh, you know, some athletes as well. So, um, Liesl Tesh and talking, she's a, she's, um, 
working now with a disability and she spoke about that we also spoke to tim maloney who's as an ex-basketball player and and he spoke about uh you know the olympics and mitch stone as well in regards to his nrl and 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 how he was in he was in a boat for hours and hours and hours waiting to be rescued. I can't believe that when I heard that, that's, and he, and he's now getting in and out of a boat to get to his front door. There's so much stuff that has come out um, through this podcast uh, that we've all learned from um, over the time when we don't need to do our top three takeaways today, Ellie, I think we've we've done our top three takeaways over the, yeah. over the 60 episodes uh there's just so many things that we can go back and reflect on and and that was just a small snippet yeah and and one of the things i one of the big things i've learned on a personal point of view is um is you know disabilities and and accidents can come at you from anywhere you know um you know one of the ones that really still to this day sticks to my my head is um is rob lucan he was <laughs> fishing fishing yep. got yep. hit by a mosquito Yep. Woke up paralyzed. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, you would never think that if I go fishing, how did I'm we not wake up paralyzed? You how did we I mean? not talk about him in our top three takeaways? Yeah, that, yeah. that so, story just blows yeah. my mind. In reg- and now he's out there, cart sailing across beaches and uh, and letting the wind just let him do crazy stuff in this kite buggy thing that he that he drives around go, go and check that out on youtube yeah, rob yeah. lucan go and check him out on youtube and see what he does and listen to his story on our podcast and his and his story on youtube all right that that one yeah, yeah that was good how did we miss yeah him? look it, as we said <laughs> even john john davey in his 50s yeah. um wakes up a little bit sick then bang passes out and wakes up without limbs you know yeah. um, like, like all of these things you know you never expect these things to happen in your life so i guess one thing i've really learned is to appreciate um you know your life and everything that you have appreciate your community and um and also really understand that you know this stuff can happen anywhere um but at the same time there's community out there and there is support out there and you can overcome it all as well you know so and and, and another quick shout out to some of our experts that have come on Absolutely um, been wonderful to have some of these experts on as well. I mean, Daryl Spark spoke about his in, uh, injury, uh, yeah. but talking about amputations and New South Wales uh, Amputee Association, I don't know if, if I labelled that correctly there from memory. Um, we already mentioned um, Natalie, but uh, Amy from Sunrise Medical and talking about wheelchair tie-downs, Amin talking about the Australian uh, road design rules and so forth. There's been a bunch of uh, experts, and just just recently, uh, Yoko, in regards to um, some expert advice about turnout chairs and, and how they assess for those and, and the Coroni system. We've also had uh, Blue Badge Insurance come on and talk about the insurance side of things in regards to your car and and the ndis and things as well there's that one actually is really really valuable from a technical point of view like it might be a bit heavy on um information but to be honest as a as a user you'll probably save a lot of money yep. um spending an hour listening to that or whatever it is uh it'll yeah. probably save you hundreds of dollars you know so um, oh, every year or save you hundreds of dollars that's yeah. right so so it's worth the listen i think yeah um Look, I think we should wrap it up. I think yeah, we, we should yeah. wrap it up there. We've gone probably way over time again. We we do that. You'll get used to that, everybody, if you start listening now. We always go over time. Um, we we just want to thank thank everybody for for listening. Um, please like this, share this, um, get other people on board to listen uh, to the to the podcast. Um, we are coming back next year uh, with a whole bunch of interviews again and. Um, talking to people about their disabilities with a with driving as a as a theme we're also going to get more experts on to talk about ways that you can maximize life in regards to driving um as well might have some guest interviews on as well um with some influential people in in the sector as well so get on board like it share it make sure that you hit that like button whenever you hit a uh, see an episode wherever you're listening to it um and make sure that you share it with other people so we would really appreciate it definitely and um and also we are um we don't get paid for this we're not trying to get paid for it but we want more people to uh listen to it so we want some bit more sponsorship money so if you know anyone that might be interested in um giving us a bit more sponsorship money on top of williams ot and mobility engineering it will be great 
like you like well, there was all these great stories and we'd like to share more of it so we can then get more of them out of the community um and yeah big shout out to the listeners and uh, also to the the guests um also our um editor friends oh yes you don't, you don't see that much um, no she's, she's uh she puts all of this stuff together and we do make a lot of mistakes and she cuts it all out and um so she's really good and um and also yeah just a big thank you to you brad as well so uh yeah ali yep it's, and we've got two different mindsets and i hope people have, have come to to learn that you've got this engineering technical mindset and and some things that don't get exciting for me they get exciting for you and i've got my ot mindset and i get excited about these things that you kind of go well, what what's what's that all about um but together we get excited about two different sides of things and I, and i hope people appreciate that it's been it's been a wonderful two years i can't believe it's 60 episodes already um yeah. and i and i'm really looking forward to next year sounds good we'll see you all next time yeah, hey, we better do our sign off that we always do. Um, um, actually, we'll do it. We'll do a shout out to Williams OT Driver Rehab. Um, all the pieces of the puzzle to help people with their disability reach their driving and community goals. Mobility Engineering is a team of passionate and dedicated people focused on bringing Australia's largest range of suitable transport solutions for all walks of life. And as we say in every episode, the advice provided in this podcast is general in nature. So if you've got any queries about what you can do, make sure you set yourself up with your local OT or mobility dealer to set yourself up with a trial because trials really do put you in the driver's seat. And we've seen that over and over and over again in these episodes. So uh, get out there, enjoy life. And Ali, we'll see you next year. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able podcast with Brad Williams and Aliak Barry. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability, or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes, or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.